With all of our to-do lists, sometimes it can be hard to know how to prioritize our time and energy, but we get to choose how we can bless others around us. Hello, and welcome to Magnify, an LDS living podcast where we talk about using our influence as followers of Jesus Christ to make a difference in the world. I'm your host, Katherine Davis, a mom, a seminary teacher, and a Traeger enthusiast who loves God. And speaking of making a difference in the world, I think we can all relate to the feeling like we want to put our energy into every good thing around us. Who doesn't like checking something off their list? I know I do. However, there are different times and seasons of life where we must choose where we are putting our efforts and even consciously neglect things we can let go of. Today, we are going to give ourselves permission to restructure those lists and find what will guide us all into blessing ourselves and others around us. This conversation was inspired by Dr. Julie Valentine's speech at a BYU devotional in 2021. Julie has been blessing others around her as an associate dean of undergraduate studies and research in BYU's College of Nursing, where she also focuses her research on forensic nursing and sexual assault victims. Julie, I am actually so excited to learn from you today and learn from your influence. And I know you have a lot to say about how women can use their time and energy to bless others. But before we begin, I like to throw a few rapid fire questions at our guests so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Is that okay? Okay, I'm ready. Okay. First question. If you could meet any famous person dead or living, who would that be? Oh, goodness. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Okay. I love that. Yeah, that would be it. There's lots of wonderful people, but uh, lately I, uh, I really am inspired by her. I would love to ask her some questions. Okay. Number two, what is your favorite treat of all time? Are you serious? A Diet Coke? (laughs) (laughs) With uh, fresh lime and grapefruit. That is my jam. Grapefruit. And some dark chocolate when I need that little sweet. (laughs) Okay. See, we are friends. I love that. Yes. Okay. My third question. I know you have done a lot of research on dating apps. So what would you describe as an ideal date that you would love to go on? Oh, I would like it to be a really long date that would involve being on a beach in some (laughs) island tropical. With a Diet Um, Coke. (laughs) With a Diet Coke and a really good book and my husband right there next to me, listening to the waves, our toes in the sand and just relaxing. That's my ideal date with my love. Okay. That sounds fantastic, especially since it's a little colder today. <laughs> the warmth yes, of the sun. Exactly. exactly <laughs> I would yes. love that. Hey, um, so I think as women, we all have this instinct and desire to use our time to bless others around us, but our lives can be frantic and demanding, and it can be difficult to know where we should put our time. And we're all facing decisions about how to use our time. And I want to discuss this idea that we get to choose how we can use our time and energy to bless lives around us. You have said that Heavenly Father gave us the greatest gift in that we can choose how we act and what we do. 
This simple principle, I think, sometimes gets away from us. And I think we sometimes fall into our routines and we feel like what we are doing with our time, they're not choices that are made by us. So I just want to ask you, what are some choices we can make with our priorities that will help us make the best use of our time? Yeah, I I love this topic. I think especially for women, I think for many of us, we feel like we have to do it all. Yeah. But we have to remember that we can do it all, but we can't do it all at once. So that means that we need to think about at every stage of our life, really with every day, with every hour, what is the best thing for me to be doing with my time right now? That may mean that you ignore the dirty dishes that maybe are from the night before and you sit on the ground and you play with your four-year-old. That may mean that you say, I'm going to go back to school and finish my degree. Uh, it It can mean a host of different things and it's going to be very individualized. And I think something that we need to approach prayerfully, something that I had really a life-changing experience this was many years ago. Yeah. It was after I had my sixth baby. I had six kids, uh, 10 and under, and I was in the laundry room at night. And it was after midnight. I was physically and emotionally exhausted and felt really down on myself. Uh, looked at my messy house and I was folding laundry and I thought I didn't get this done and I didn't get that done. This thought came to me, I could stay up all night and I still wouldn't have everything done. And then immediately after that, the thought came to me, maybe there's nothing wrong with you. Maybe there's something wrong with your list. And this was about 25 years ago and I went to bed And I decided I was going to change and approach life differently and that I was really going to focus on the aspect of good, better, best. What is best for me to do with our time? Because that truly is the greatest gift that we have. Think about that every day. What's the best use of my time? I made a whole bunch of changes after that day. And one of my biggest changes was realizing that just because there's more to do, it doesn't mean I haven't done enough. Mm. And also there are things that I don't need to do. And I started what I call my selected neglect list. It's really, really important to me. I have a list. I I love my to-do lists, but even more important are my selected neglect list. And emotionally, this was a game changer for me. I keep a list of things that I know are important. And I'm going to share with you a big thing that's been on that list for a long time is genealogy. I think genealogy is really, really important, but I haven't been able to do that right now in my life. So I know that's important. I have a space for that, but I can't do that right now in my life. So acknowledging where I'm putting my time and where I'm choosing at this time not to focus on has really helped me emotionally. I love that. Okay. And so I have a couple of questions about that, that I want to dig into a little bit. First of all, I loved the idea of a neglect list. When you first said that, I had a friend who was dealing with anxiety and Um, She was told that when she would get anxious, she should write down all the things that she should do. And just getting it out on paper 
was helpful and beneficial for her anxiety and her, for her brain. And so when you said the idea of a neglect list, it's like you can physically put it on paper and write it down and think, I am going to choose to neglect this for right now. There is power yes. in that. Absolutely. And I let my family, my family's very aware of my neglect list. I remember one time my husband opened a closet that truly was just an absolute disaster. And he said, so this is on your neglect list. And I said, oh yeah, and it's going to stay there. So, <laughs> you know, if it was bothering him, he could clean it. But yeah, I'm, I'm choosing to ignore that. I'm neglecting that right now. So you said that changed everything for you when you did that neglect list. Did. My question is, I love when you said we can do it all, but we can't do it all at once. So how do you choose what's on your neglect list? Like Elder Oak said, good, better, best. How do you know how to prioritize that? What process do you go through to choose what's on your neglect and what you choose to focus on? I choose what's on my neglect list sometimes by trial and error. I might say, oh, I'm going to neglect this like my backyard. I chose for a long time to neglect. I love to yard to yard work and gardening, but when I decided to go back to school for my PhD, there's a whole bunch that had to go on my neglect list. And doing all my flower beds and stuff in the backyard went went on there and it stayed on there until emotionally I'm like this is really bringing me down to look in my backyard and not see and and spend that time in the dirt. So it moved off my neglect list because emotionally and spiritually, it felt like the right time to move it off. Hmm. I also talked to my family about it. One time I told my kids, we had a family meeting and I said, okay. And I think this also was when I was going back to school. I said, I'm needing to add to my selective neglect list. So one of the things I'm putting on there is I'm not packing you school lunches. We're just going to pay for you to have lunch at school. And there was an uproar. <laughs> They're like, no, don't put that on the neglect list. And I said, okay, then what can you do to help me with that so I can put something else on? So I also get feedback from my loved ones. And then also just approaching the Lord about it. You know, we, we pray about what things we should be doing. I think we can also pray about what things can we choose not to do right now and feel okay about it and not feel like in any way that we are failing for not doing all the things that we see value in? We just can't do it all at the same time. And that seems like you have to be really aware with yourself, with your circumstances, because everybody's circumstance is going to be different, right? Like you can be a young mom right. with lots of little kids or an empty nester or just kind of starting out in a career. I think there are a lot of different circumstances where people have to be in tune with what they feel like they can do and being able to prioritize that. I love the idea of yeah. taking it to God and knowing there's a time and a season. I remember as a young mom with four little kids and... I used to go to the temple weekly. And then with all my little kids, I was finding it so hard to get there every week. And I was super discouraged about that. And I remember my dad was a temple president at the time. And I was like, dad, I just need to get there more. And I remember him saying, honey, there's a time and a season. I love that. Just being able to recognize that time and that season of what we need and what's on our neglect list, I think that's a powerful tool that our listeners can definitely start applying is consciously choosing 
to put something on the neglect list? How do you focus on what you should be doing? Like, how do you know what you're capable of and where you should focus? I think you learn where you should focus by getting to know yourself. I think especially right now, we're just hit with this barrage, everything from news alerts, you know, on my watch and social media that can really be distracting. I have significant concerns, especially for young moms about the impact of social media. I I read somewhere that social media is like watching other people's highlight reels. Right. We know our own behind the scenes footage and we compare. Comparison is the thief of joy is so very true. And I think we have to step out and just compare yourself to yourself. Okay, a year ago, I was doing this. I've made some progress in this area of my life um, and not be influenced by what other people may be doing. I think there's great power in having quiet time. And it's going to be a little different for everybody. For some, it will be going to the temple. Others, you know, one of the main places I have eight kids. And when I wanted alone time, I say, so who can help me clean up the kitchen? Yeah, they'd scatter. <laughs> be great alone time. So I had a lot of pondering done at the kitchen sink. That's funny. But you know, it might be going for a walk, getting up a little bit early so you have quiet time in the morning, whatever you need. But I, I think getting to know yourself and deciding what is most important in my life. And then once you decide, and again, this is at this stage in my life, right? Thinking right. about the time and season. And when you have a bunch of little kids, the most important thing in your life is nurturing those small children. Then considering these are the most important things to me. How do I spend my time? And imagine that somebody watches you for 24 hours. At the end of that 24 hours, if they were then interviewed and said, so you've watched Julie for 24 hours. Can you tell me what she values? What's most important to her? I would hope that my 24 hours would represent what is most important to me and what I value. So I think sometimes we get this internal stress when those don't match up. And so really our time is how we show what is meaningful to us. So once we choose what are our priorities, then we think, how do we spend our time to reach those priorities? So you choose priorities and then you look at what time you're going to spend to reach those. So I think you said something interesting, like we have to get to know ourselves. And I just find as women, sometime any thought of the self is hard. Like we feel selfish or we feel like we're taking too much time on our needs. And I think an important lesson in kind of what you're saying is we have to take time to get to know ourselves, to recharge ourselves so that we can bless and serve others. So as a mom of eight kids, eight, eight, (laughs) I can't imagine What are some things that you were able to find time to do to recharge? Um, Besides saying, hey, everybody, help help me clean the kitchen. kitchen (laughs) A few things. I love to work out. So going to the gym or a run or a walk, 
you know, that usually wouldn't take too much time out of my day. I'm a morning person. So I rather would lose a little bit of sleep to have some alone time in the morning because Uh when you've got, you know, with eight kids, you have young kids, but then you got teenagers. And when you should go into that teenager thing, you have no time at night because they're- You don't. (laughs) Yeah. So I would get up a little bit earlier in the morning. I'm lucky in that I have a wonderful husband who also would help me recharge and truly is this eternal partner with me. And then good friends, Mm. take time in your life to recharge with friends and cultivate those relationships. I mean, I think that we are so blessed as being women of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints with Relief Society. It's like this built-in network, right? Yeah. And you learn from women that are maybe decades older than you and younger than you and forge these relationships and relationships help to ground us and we can learn from others. So I think all of those things can also help us recharge. And then again, Diet Coke and some good dark chocolate can help with that too. I agree. (laughs) But I love that. I think there are so many individual ways where we can recharge and just trying to understand ourselves, like what feeds our soul, whether that's some physical activity or good friendships. And I think all of those knowing your own limits is so important. And I love how you said that we need to trust God and trust that he can help us prioritize and choose and neglect, right? That he can help us choose where to put our time and our energy And to quote your BYU devotional, you said this, we can foster joy in this world by reaching out to others in love. That is what our heavenly parents want us to be using our time for is to reach out to others in love. Have you had any experience where you have felt God was guiding you to know how to bless others around you? I feel like I have had many experiences where I feel like God was right there holding my hand. I pray for that. I mean, I pray that I feel his presence with me, especially in my work as a nurse. I care for mainly women, but also, you know, all who have been impacted by violence and get called in to see individuals who have been raped or in domestic violence situations. And it's hard. And my goal is to try to help them begin to heal. And I feel like I can't do this work without the Lord. I have many times where I will feel inspired to say uh, something that I realize that was inspiration to help that person. I also feel that with my children and colleagues and friends. And uh, I think all of us have those times where we feel inspiration and then maybe kind of second guess yeah. that. And I think that over time, if we trust that the Lord is with us and is providing that inspiration, then we become more inspired to act on that. Going back to school to get my PhD was a really, really hard thing with eight kids. And I felt that the Lord was going to be with me in that big life path that I chose to do. 
and could not have done that without feeling like the Lord was there to strengthen me. It doesn't have to be necessarily going back to school, but I think that all of us can pray for the Lord to be with us when we embark and try to reach our goals and priorities. He he wants us. I mean, when you think about how we feel about our kids, we want our kids to succeed and be the best they can be and to be happy and help other people. Well, I think we magnify that when we think of how the Lord feels about us. Hmm. And when we get that concept, he is right there. He's our number one cheerleader, right? He wants us to do the best we can and then say, all right, awesome. You are my partner in this life. Let's do it. I think we can accomplish great things. I can only imagine with your prompting to go back to school as a mom of eight, that there were a lot more things that you had to put on the neglect list. A lot. A lot more things. And did you ever feel like you were dropping the ball? Did you ever struggle with feelings of I'm not succeeding here or making an impact here? Did you struggle with that? Oh, yeah. And I think, again, that goes back to that's how the select and neglect list helped me a lot. Yeah. Before I was doing a lot more with my kids at their schools, I, you know, I had to step away from PTA and doing room on stuff and a whole bunch of things. And I think as, as moms, especially, isn't every day a balancing act, right? And we are constantly juggling and I've got elderly parents that, you know, and a lot of us are in that situation. We have so many competing demands on our life. But if we get in that rut of feeling like, well, I'm doing really well here, but oh, I'm totally bombing in my life down here, that just tears us down. And then we don't have the energy to say, look at the Lord is helping me do really well in this aspect of my life that's incredibly important to me. So now maybe I'll shift and focus on this other area for a while as well. So when we start to feel like we are not enough, it's counterproductive. And to really succeed in the things we need to do, we need to practice positive self-talk. And that goes back to what are your goals? Approaching the Lord with how should I spend my time? Deciding on your goals, then deciding how am I going to spend my time And giving yourself that positive self-talk that I know the Lord would be giving to you. The Lord would be saying, you're doing great. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think using your time, what you said is maybe you've noticed what God wants you to do with this time to bless others. How do you think God sees the good we're doing? I think that God sees the good we're doing based on how we uplift other people. I mean, I truly believe that that we are God's hands on this earth. I think everything is weighed towards that. What are we doing to uplift another person? And it could just be for some of us and sometimes in our life, maybe it's just one person. And that's that's great. That's one person. It doesn't need to be in volumes, but it's how we use that time to benefit one person or others. It reminds me a little of the story of the widow's might. I used to see the story as a woman who maybe went in and kind of put her two coins into 
the offering and maybe felt embarrassed that that was all she had. And then as I've kind of been studying the story, I read a talk from Michelle Craig, who is actually uh, my older sister. And she said this about that story in Mark. She said, Jesus Christ recognized the abundance of her all where others only her lack. And I love that idea that Christ recognized the abundance of her all. I picture sometimes that same faith-filled determination in my life or with women who are tired or maybe a little run down and maybe what they have to offer they feel is not enough. But Christ sees the abundance of our offering. Have you ever felt like he's amplified your ability to love and to offer goodness? 100%. I think as we strive to get to know Christ, we can try to develop his traits Hmm. in our life. So I work at BYU in the College of Nursing, and everything we do is around the theme, learning the healer's art. And I ask my students to, to pick their favorite story of Christ healing and what we learn from that and then how we can develop those same attributes in our life. I think that that's what, when we are asked to read the scriptures more, to pray more, those simple things... It's all about learning to be more like Christ, truly understanding what we need to do with with the direction in our life. And the Lord knew the heart of the widow within the widow's might. Mm -hmm. And I think the Lord knows our heart. And sometimes for varieties of situations, some women may be in very difficult situations where They're just trying to get through each day. And I see a lot of those women. And I pray that they never feel diminished, that they recognize that the Lord knows their heart. Sometimes due to difficult situations, actions can't exactly meet what's in the heart. But I think we need to all give ourselves grace Hmm. and understanding that the Lord knows us and loves us and is rooting for us as children of God. That's beautiful. I love that. And I can only imagine that title of the Savior, the Healer, has brought on a new meaning to you. Absolutely. And in your path to bless and serve others. Well, Julie, we like to end every episode of the Magnify podcast with a small and simple suggestion that we can implement throughout the week. So I want to ask you, what is your small and simple action that we can take to use our energy and time for good this week? Well, if you don't have a selected neglect list, start one. I love Pray that. about it. Ask your family about it and think, all right, what are great things in this life that right now I will consciously choose to neglect, but things will change later in my life. So start that selected neglect list, then spend your time focused on what you value. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you for being here. You can listen to Dr. Julie Valentine's BYU devotional linked in our show notes. And don't forget to join us over on Instagram at Magnify Community. And of course, subscribe and listen to this podcast wherever you get your shows. Thanks for being here and let's meet up again next week.